Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, just before you get to the new episode, the first of 2014, listen to us tell you what to do. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this, it's probably Wednesday, you're hungover, and uh, it's 2014, and we want you to get over that hangover, and then in a few days, on Sunday, January 5th, come to Kitsch in Toronto at Dufferin and Geary, and watch a movie with us. Yes. Yeah. The, a movie you may have walked down the video aisle many times in your uh, youth and said, I would like to watch a movie with a man Borg, but today I'm going to rent uh, something else. Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy. I'm going to go a little high. A little I high, heard there was a man Borg in Driving Miss yeah. Daisy. <laughs> there wasn't. Were, now I'm disappointed. Yeah, if you were searching in all the wrong places for man Borgs, uh, <laughs> come watch Eliminators from 1986 with us at... Video Vengeance number two. Yes. Uh, there will be nachos. There will be, be clips. We're going to be giving away VHS, giving away DVDs, prize packs. And a big, big uh, poster. Yeah. I got a big poster. Big oh, poster. sweet. Yeah, from Jimmy King. Wicked. Yeah, we'll go big poster. Yeah, we'll go big you could win a poster. It's huge. Uh, Courtesy of Jimmy King. It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Well, the, this is free, so you could win any of those things for free. Just show up. Yeah. They've got cheap beer. It's five bucks for uh, for tall boys of beer there. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna watch Illuminators. It's great. And we totally invite you to rip on the movie with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to be quiet. No, no. you could just fucking. Uh, the last movie we watched, a guy took a pistol and stuffed it in another guy's pants and shot his dick. With and it. shot yeah. his dick. So, so we all yeah. yelled about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 We were vocal about our pleasure. <laughs> about we that had scene. opinions about yeah. it. Yeah. Look, yell at the movie, shoot somebody's dick, whatever you yeah. want to do. Yeah. yeah. So uh, video every vengeance. time, every time somebody shoots somebody's dick in a movie, you get a free beer. Yeah. So. <laughs> Come on down. Um, yeah. So go to Facebook.com/slash Video Vengeance and. Uh, Go say yes on our event page and uh, come watch a VHS copy of Eliminators. Mm-hmm. Do it January 5th. Let's come on. Let's get drunk and watch movies and eat nachos. You know you want to. Yeah, come on, you wieners. Now listen to us yell about movies in the new episode of See You Next Wednesday. Go! Bye. Hello, this is Strange Jason from Six Foot Plus. You're listening to See You Next Wednesday from ModernSuperior.com. Episode 94 of See You Next Wednesday, a weekly pop culture and film podcast where a single die roll decides what movies we have to see. This episode drops on January 1st, 2014, a whole new year, and my name is Dan Gorman, back again. Isn't that nice, darling? We're in Wang's wing. 
My name's Casey Lyons. You know, as a parent, they say we teach our kids, but every parent knows our kids teach us, too. For instance, this morning, my daughter taught me how to drive. <laughs> I'm Greg Legro, and we need a guy with a fabulous ass, and mine is the wrong color. <laughs> <laughs> what is that from? Bowfinger. Yeah. Oh, sweet. I love that movie. It's so good. It's, I haven't seen it with sound in oh, a long time. I, I just rewatched it over the holidays. So underrated. Uh, it, hi, it Highly underrated. It was the last thing either the Steve Martin or Eddie Murphy did for a long time. That was, that was any, I'm say worth anything. Thing. Yeah. Well, I think Steve Martin kind of came back around. Well, Eddie, Eddie Murphy did Dreamgirls after that. Oh, but it wasn't funny. But it wasn't funny. Steve Martin I, was really funny in Baby oh, Mama. Oh, we're talking about funny things? Yeah. Oh, sure. I liked him in da- Baby Mama. Was I was like, oh, Steve Martin's but funny again. But he not funny for a while. Both yeah. of them, not funny for quite some time. Then Bowfinger happened. I'm like, hey, yeah, they're back. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, no, no, we're not. No. <laughs> Just one time. All right, but it was a good time. The script is butter. <laughs> I've been down to the Burger King packing fries. <laughs> Oh, oh fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, what's up, fellas? What's up? Oh, I'm, it's been such a long time since the three of us have been in a room together. I don't even remember who Dan Gorman is. What? <laughs> it's me. The, this guy right here. No. I'm, this, I'm the sweater. I got really attached to that cable knit sweater. <laughs> I was about to say, you beat me to my own joke. I was going to say, I'm, I'm the sweater and hat on a coach. Um, fuck, I'm excited. I was getting podcast withdrawals from mm-hmm. like being at home with my parents for a week and not having any conversations they about- They don't have a good podcast? No. <laughs> their no, podcast, their podcast. Podcast is terrible. I know. <laughs> they get like two listens a month. <laughs> no, like just not having any conversations about like anything for for longer than like a minute or two. Like yeah. <laughs> every conversation ends in like an argument and everyone walks away or something. It's like we don't actually talk about anything. <laughs> just like no, I told you to leave that light on, or like I told you to take that garbage out. It's just there's no there's no See, substance. That's, that's why it's your parents is a bad podcast. Yeah, Solomon, did you take the garbage? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of the two downloads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. We have so much to talk about. We're going to talk about a shitload of movies mm-hmm. off the top. We're going to play Film Roulette. We're going to talk about American Hustle and Medea's Christmas. Uh, we listened to 30 Seconds to Mars for much longer than I ever would oh, want yeah. to listen to That's that. Right. Yeah. We're going to roll for our movies next week and then get into Airwolf Corner and Serial Swap and all that. Uh, Stringfellow's Hawk's Nest. Stringfellow's Hawk's String, Nest. Stringfellow's Hawk's Nest. Stringfellow's Hawk's Nest. Siblings. Siblings. Uh, yeah. So, I, as everyone knows from the other episodes, I was really sick. Um, uh-huh. And as any guy who likes movies would do while you're sick, you watch a shitload of movies. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm gonna, I watched a couple. I'm going to run down really quick. Okay. Um, the first of which uh, is a movie that I saw on Netflix and was just like, I've never seen this. I should just watch, watch this. And so, I watched Broadcast News. Oh, yeah. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. yeah. Well, a million years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it was one of those movies that was kind of off my radar, but I just kind of happened to see it on Netflix. Like, oh, I should watch this. I like huh. James L. Brooks when he's making good movies. And yeah, holy sure. fuck, that movie's good. You got James L. Brooks? Wait, am I thinking of... Uh, uh, Holly Hunter. Uh, is Albert Brooks in that Albert movie? Brooks Okay, is then yes, yeah. I'm thinking about the right movie. William Hurt. I always Hurt. get that confused with something else. I don't remember what it is. All Talk the other radio? movies that were like that around that time. Yeah. Because there's like a million. Maybe it's, I think it's the paper for some reason. Yeah, I get the it paper, confused that's with Michael the paper. Keaton. What's the one yeah. with Burt Reynolds? 
I don't know. <clears throat> He's got one. There's talk radio, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the, Wait, that's the Eric Bogosian one, yeah, right? Yeah, that's into the 90s. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Come on. But fuck. <laughs> I was sick. I don't know what year it was. <laughs> Get <laughs> off his ass, Greg. He was sick you. Sorry, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> for all of 2014. I had the flu last year, guys, okay? <laughs> Give me a break. Hey, Dan, can you hand me that pencil? I had the flu last year. <laughs> I got to go take a nap. Um, but yeah, holy shit. Broadcast news is amazing. I yeah, loved great it. Movie. Um and and really refreshing to see a movie about adults with and I don't want to. I don't want to. I struggle not to say real problems, but like adults with the relationships with within their job and outside of their job, and and treating it with respect and complexity, like because it's about a love triangle, triangle ostensibly between Holly Hunter, William Hurt, and Albert Brooks. Right. But it's not like oh, we're all in movie love, and I don't know who to pick. It's more like oh, this is like some real shit, and they talk about it, and there's real ramifications in right. professional and personal lives, and. And and it's funny, but well, just that's, so well written. That's really what James L. Brooks used to do. Yeah, and I think he still tries to. I, now I didn't see that movie. How do you know? Yeah, but, uh, but got, I, I'm told it's pretty flat. It got awful yeah. reviews. Yeah, and how do you know? <laughs> you don't know. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, it's about big bummer. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, he hasn't really made anything that great since just after broadcast news. He made like Spanglish a few years. Yeah, like, which, uh, like ten years later. I only saw good. like twenty minutes of, yeah. and I'm like, good. I, I, yeah. Have no desire to continue watching this movie. Yeah, but damn, that's a great script. Fucking awesome performances. I was really just straight up for two hours. Like this is fucking great. Yeah, yeah. really, really good. Um, and and surprising uh, a little. I mean, because I knew I knew James L. Brooks could could do that, but I just mm-hmm. I don't know. Hadn't seen it in a while. I guess. Um, I also watched Murder by Death. The uh, kind of spoof written by Neil Simon. It's like a a whodunit spoof right with uh peter sellers and peter falk and a bunch of other people pretty pretty hilarious but goddamn, peter sellers likes to be really racist back then like, <laughs> oh yeah because he's just playing like a like a a caricature of of asian people just fucking so offensively it's like yeah. as offensive as breakfast at tiffany's mickey rooney yeah like <laughs> great yeah <laughs> it's just, like the movie itself is really funny but then he i'm like no no yeah <laughs> like i know you're brilliant and like i i love the fuck out of the party oh and see i don't that much i like, do I, i'm not one of those people who's just like like well you're supposed to like Peter Sellers, so I guess I'll like, uh, which I was for so long. Okay. I was like, I've seen the part, yeah, you know, Peter Sellers is really great, but like, uh, yeah, now, anymore, I'm just kind of like, I don't get it. Yeah, I just think like, with I don't want to say that I overlook it with a movie like The Party because I still think that movie is insanely offensive. Yeah. But there's funny shit in it that makes me laugh regardless of whether it was racist or not. But at this one, I was kind of like, you, why do you do this all the time? I think you're just a horrible, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just a dick. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, that was worth a watch for, for some of the other people. Oddly enough, Truman Capote shows up in it in an acting role. Really? Yeah. Pretty weird. That um, is weird. Um, and then I also watched Rush, the, movie uh oh, yeah, Ron yeah. Howard's How is film. that? It's good. I was surprised. <clears throat> I, it it's not amazing, but I was actually impressed with his direction because it's certainly outside of what I would expect a Ron Howard movie sure. to look and feel it like. Lo- like the uh, trailers had a very different feel than yeah. the whole Ron Howard. Yeah, it's good. And the, perform- the performances are good. The the driving scenes are well directed and it's not too fl- it's pretty flashy direction but also doesn't get in the way of the scenes. And yeah, I liked it. it I 
I'm not going to say it was the best movie ever. I'm probably not going to watch it again, but mm-hmm. I would definitely say check it out. It's it's, it's good. Uh, it's nominated for Best Picture for the Golden Globes. Yeah, I can see that. Which is really weird. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I'll talk about, Casey mentioned before the show, still being in theaters, Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks uh, as Walt Disney about making oh, Mary right. Poppins. Yeah. Um, I did not like it. No? No. Huh. It's okay. It's just... it. It's one of those movies where you're just like, I Disney make Disney is releasing this film, and it just reeks of like we got to like spin this story to be a little bit more in our favor. Like I don't think Walt Disney was as great of a dude as the, as they make him out to be in this movie. Like he's oh, do they? So I guess they don't touch on the Nazism <laughs> yeah. or anything. Yeah, like he's like amazing, and she's like a horrible, mean bitch, and doesn't want him to make the movie and then like at the end of the movie she 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 watches it and this isn't a spoiler but she like kind of come it they paint it like she comes around on the movie at the end mm-hmm. even though she didn't like parts of it like there being animation and stuff mm-hmm. but i was kind of like no but she went on record saying like also i hated it right like and it's and they kind of paint it like she comes around on it a little right it just seems i don't know it'd be like they're fine performances well directed uh but who directed it again? Um, fuck, I'm going to blank on it. Wait, let's do I have it up here on IMD, on IMDb? Um, I'll get it up. But yeah, I just thought it was okay. It's just, I don't know. not There was nothing really to write home about for me. John Lee yeah. Hancock directed it. Um, it was a good one to watch because I watched it with like my, my parents at home. It was kind of like they enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah. it's from the director <laughs> of The Blind Side and Snow White. And the, no, he wrote Snow White and the Huntsman. Let's Challenging see. stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Director of The Blind Side, yeah. So, Did you guys yeah. see that Blind Side movie? No. No. There's nothing there for me. No, for anyone. <laughs> no. It's, it's, like t- it's a TV movie. It really is. I don't know yeah. how it got Oscar attention. Yeah. I'm retarded. Yeah, that was about, that's about it. I'll, I'll, I'll let it go. What, what are you guys saying about uh, the past week and a half, two weeks? Well, I was fairly sick myself mm-hmm. uh, for... Stop trying to steal my thunder, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, God, Dan seems to be really having a good time with this being ill thing. He's watching movies, I'm... puking whenever he moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to give that a shot. Uh, so I did. I spent a couple of days of Christmas uh, just sort of catching up on movies. Uh, first one I watched was uh, Fruitvale Station. Oh, yeah. Finally saw that. I'm dying to see that. <laughs> it's so good, you guys. Yeah. Fuck, it is so good. Uh, I, I don't want to talk too much about it. I, I really want you guys uh, to see it. Yeah, I'm dying to see um, it. It's, it's a very small movie. Uh, like, it, it, it develops the character perfectly before... I mean, I think everybody knows what it's about. There's no spoilers here, but... Mm. Uh, um, it, it it just it really nicely develops the character and everyone around him before it kind of throws him into the situation that that happens at the end, and it it it's really more of a character study, uh, and it's just one of those movies that it, I like. I've become obsessed with this uh, the idea of economy of statement, and this movie is like the perfect representation of that. It doesn't give you too much; it gives you just enough so that you care deeply about yeah. the character and and everyone surrounding the character, and then it just kind of kicks you in the face. Okay, it's fucking. And I've phenomenal. heard nothing but amazing things. About yeah, yeah. B. Michael Jordan. B. Jordan. This kid is the new fucking thing. Yeah. Okay, he needs to be because he's fucking amazing. Yeah, I've been meaning. Did you see it in theaters? No. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think it's been out for a while. It's been it out of theaters been, yeah, for yeah. a long time, yeah. Uh, speaking of movies like that, uh, I also saw Don John. Okay. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is just a really, really great movie. Yeah. Uh, like, no, no, you know, like, it's not, 
it's probably not on my best of or anything like no, that. No, no. It's yeah. just but it's a movie quality watch, really funny. Yeah. Really funny has has a very specific point and yeah. makes that point perfectly. Does doesn't overstate the point yeah. or anything. Yeah. And Tony Danza says fucking tits a lot. The whole bunch. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know I had like issues with it when we reviewed it, but it is like uh, above the issues just like a good watch. Like it yeah. was and and it as a debut film from a from a director, like really yeah. interesting where he's gonna go as a director. Oh, for yeah, sure. very curious Joseph Gordon Levitt. Future, yeah. And I'm I'm a fan of the sort of semi ambiguous ending, and mm. and this movie kind of like goes, hey, we're gonna do a little ambiguous thing at the end, but uh, don't worry, everything is still gonna be all right. Yeah, yeah. Really, really just likable movie. Uh, just a nice time at the movies. Uh, <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was a fun popcorn flick. <laughs> uh, saw that. Saw Francis Ha. Yeah. I've been oh, dying right to see on. That. How was that? Not great. Really? Hmm. That's uh, a bummer. It's likable. Yeah. Um. It's just. I said to Dan before we started. Um. You could double feature this movie with uh, Lena Dunham's uh, Dunham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Tiny Furniture. Mm. Which gets it's, me excited because I love Tiny Furniture. Uh, yeah, see, I didn't. <laughs> it, it, it's very much this thing of like, look at this aimless girl in the city. She's walking around and she's got some friends who are clever and her friends are all clever, but some of them suck and some of them don't and now it's the end of the movie. <laughs> Is it a musical? Uh, <laughs> it's a musical now? Yeah. <laughs> that was the theme song. It is a good song. Yeah. yeah. Um, I no, heard that one's going to be nominated for Best yeah. Picture. For Best Song. <laughs> for Best Song, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's... I mean, it's pleasant enough, and she is amazing. Uh, Greta Gerwig is is fucking fantastic, and I can just watch her do anything. Yeah. Um, it's just I was disappointed because I'm just like this is just a dumb, aimless. Um, like it felt like Noah Baumbach's earlier stuff, where there wasn't necessarily supposed to be a point, and I'm like, mm, I'm not behind it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna. I gotta check that out. I've been meaning yeah. to watch it. Mm. Watch Speaking it. of yeah. being behind things, uh-huh. uh, I did watch uh, uh, Steven Soderbergh's Behind the Candelabra. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you were saying. Uh, and Wait, what was that like? I've heard good things. I heard it was really good. It's really entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it, it sheds zero light on on the situation at all. Um, you kind of go, yeah, I could see that being what what Liberace was like. He was like creepy and <laughs> weird a lot of the time and he made a guy look like him so that's kind of <laughs> weird but i feel like they didn't focus on how jarring that would be to to the like matt damon was fine but uh, i feel like it didn't focus on their relationship enough it just focused on the whole time period mm. um but uh i will say michael douglas is fucking phenomenal yeah like he plays a very effeminate man but you know how in i am sam it almost feels like uh like what's his name there sean Sean penn Penn. Penn is sort of making fun of you don't say mentally handicapped i don't know yeah i know yeah Yeah. um uh, but like it it didn't feel like that like michael douglas was playing a a very effeminate man but he wasn't like mincing about and like making it seem like well this is kind of getting offensive yeah like he just straddled that line perfectly Hmm. And weirdly enough, looked so much like Liberace. So I say definitely check it out. Yeah. yeah well, that, that is. It, this was the thing that he Soderbergh said was going to be his last. Uh, yeah. 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 Whether or not that holds water, I did. But um, I'm still interested to see that. Yeah. Mm. It, it, and it's great. It's people pop up like uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd shows up, and you go, "All right, he does a fine job." Yeah. And and uh, Dave Keckner shows up for oh, one cool. scene. Um, oh, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, just the other night. 
uh, I'm looking after my sister's house, and she has a three-year-old, so everything on her DVR is kids' movies. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll watch Wreck-It Ralph. And oh yeah, God damn it, if that is not one of the best movies I've seen in a very it's long great. time, it's so much Just fun, great, yeah, yeah, like, I loved it. Like story-wise, a yep. lot of twists and turns and yeah. shit. Like where you go, like, oh shit, oh I didn't yeah. see that coming, but yeah, yeah. but they set that up perfectly <laughs> to make that happen. Definitely, you know, the voice acting's great, the animation is kick-ass. Yeah. I, I love the world. That's of what it, I was about to say. All that stuff together. The thing oh, that I remember more, most about Greg and I talking about it on the show was how we were talking about like the world and how they've taken all these little video game things and turned them into like things that have a function in the world like yeah, i think yeah, yeah. we talked a lot about like unions that like the the central station yeah, being yeah. like the inside of a power bar right. yeah. or whatever just being like that's so fucking brilliant yeah. like yeah. what a simple brilliant thing to do that works visually so perfectly yeah yeah, yeah. outstanding yeah it, it was just fucking mind-blowing yeah how, it's how, funny yeah it's really funny it's really sweet it's not condescending to kids or no, anything no, no. um it's it's like a really easy to follow story that goes in a bunch of crazily imaginative places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. really like a good example of like of of a of a Pixar movie or a 3D animated film that just nails it on a lot of levels. Yeah, yeah. It's like it just because it's engrossing, it were it's structured well, it's paced well, it's, and it's I, it's Disney, but it's not Pixar. Right? Yeah, I know. Is it? I yeah. can't remember. Um, yeah, it is Disney, but like okay. I mean, because Disney and Pixar are split, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's not a thing anymore. But this is. Better than the last couple Pixar things, yeah. You know, Pixar's last... been slipping, yeah, yeah. From what people have been saying, with like cars, two and planes, and all that, yeah, yeah. Just, ugh. yeah. Go ahead and put fucking Dane Cook in your movie, you <laughs> dumb bastards. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I think that's it for my roundup. Yeah. Sweet. What about you, Greg? Uh, well, I watched all the Christmas movies I love to watch. Yeah, I watched Christmas Vacation and Scrooge. I watched Scrooge and Die Hard. Yeah, a good chunk of It's a Wonderful Life. Die Hard, of course. Yeah. Ah, that was all fun. I uh, got to go to the theater a lot. Uh, I saw Philomena. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that is just an amazing movie. I know, right? Just amazing. Oh, fuck. Just loved every moment yeah, of it, really. It's, it's so it, good. And it's really funny all the way through, and it yeah. does balance the comedy and tragedy so well. Really, Judy yeah. Dench is just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I think I mentioned, um, I don't know if I just mentioned on the ridiculous. show. ridiculous. <laughs> absolutely she's, ridiculous. Yeah, like the, there's a scene like at the salad bar where they're talking yeah. and she's she's being really funny. Like she's making a, there's a joke about her like getting a lot of croutons. Yeah. And it's like super funny but then she like turns around and becomes heartbreaking when she says something about her son that she's trying yeah, to find. And like, it's the direction right away. of that scene too because there's a cut in it that makes yeah. it's like, uh, uh. It's yeah. like a double pow pow. Yeah. I'm feeling feelings. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's a really fascinating story uh, told beautifully the direction is great the performances are great and I just I think uh, Steve Coogan is just such a fucking fantastic person just such a great writer such a great performer he's so, such a good dramatic actor and the guy is absolutely hilarious yeah. oh my god so yeah. if, like to look at this and then like you know like it was two years ago three years ago he did Hamlet 2 like, yeah. uh, which was so fucking great <laughs> uh, I don't know he's a, just a just a damn treasure that's yeah. Steve Coogan yeah really yeah, great, great. Um, I saw Inside Llewellyn Davis oh yeah I, and I, I saw that we haven't talked about it on the show we yet we have not yeah, yeah. So what did you think? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It's a just a fucking wonderful piece of work. Yeah. It's a character study more than anything, I guess, or a, it's a look at I don't know, the the life of what it, what it means to be in a struggling musician yeah. who's dedicated to being a struggling musician. Yeah. <laughs> against all means, against yeah, any yeah, odds. Yeah. I, um, I I was surprised at how like kind of bleak it was when I yeah. cuz I'm not. I feel like their movies are really bleak these I days. I know. 
That's but like I just, your thing now. The trailer yeah, really is. The trailer kind of made it like, like it was going to be a little bit lighter. They had like the folk songs, and it was just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, this will be like. But then watching it, you're like, holy shit! Yeah, yeah. this is and just the songs like a, are great. Holy, yeah. that guy can sing his ass off. Yeah, fuck, and he sang. And uh, Timberlake's in it, and I was a little like, come on, man. Yeah. Because he's I, not I a good actor. He's a terrible actor. And that Runner Runner movie, I was just like, you're the worst actor. I yeah. think he's and a good actor. So, I, I so he, he him getting stuck actor. into a Coen Brothers movie, I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but I was worried. He's quite good in it. Is and he? He's perfect for what he's supposed to be. Right. And because they have all the actors singing their own shit. And, uh, man, that guy can really sing. Yep. Who is Timberlake? Timberlake, He's yeah, a man. great performer. I think he should be doing everything that I he's doing. I think he should sing some fucking little folk songs. Because, yeah. I mean, with, with they're doing like six, early 60s folk, which is based on uh, strong vocals and melody. Yeah, and harmonizing. Yeah, and he does a beautiful job. And it's like, I've never heard him sing a song like that. And I'm like, dude, like pretty good, man. I really, yeah. I really love that song. Yeah. Yeah, that they do. The uh, <laughs> Which one? The, the nice one or the crazy the one? The crazy one. Yeah. <laughs> Like the space man, what was it? Outer yeah. space. space. That's noisy dick guy. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, <laughs> Adam really good Noisy dicks in it. Yeah, uh, you can't hear his dick at all. Adam yeah, Driver, noisy right. dick. <laughs> noisy dick was in um, in Francis Ha. Ah, yeah. as well. And and I have yet. This is the first thing I've seen him in, and I have yet to understand his appeal. <laughs> yeah, um, Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah I, 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 the thing I liked the most about Inside Lewin Davis was that the store, the the script. Um, was constantly introducing things that I expected to pay off, yeah. but didn't like. Like the whole thing with that song, the uh, outer space song, and they mm-hmm. talk about like he, uh, the main character, d- doesn't sign off on royalties, and right. so you're like, oh, like later in the movie, that's gonna, gonna come, get him. that's gonna yeah. get him, but they don't. It doesn't. It. I liked that it was setting things up realistically and then not pulling the rug out like a movie would. Like, there's a scene where he's driving by a, a town that he's thinking of turning off the road and going yeah, to because yeah. there's a big plot point about if he's going to go to this city or not. And I like that it was like he looked at it and you think, oh, he's going to loop back and and hit that town up later in the movie. And it's like, no, he did, like like real life. Sometimes you don't do all the things that the script is leading you up to do. And yeah, I, I thought yeah, yeah. that was. A really cool choice. Well, and they put him, they put Lewin Davis in these constant positions where he has to make hard decisions. Yeah, that are, I think, a reflection of like when when somebody decides they're going, I'm going to be a musician now and try, I'm going for the big time. Yeah, it's 1962 or whatever, and I'm I want to be a star. Mm-hmm. And you and to do that, to live on couches, to borrow money, to constantly let people down, you're always shutting these doors on emotional relationships. Yeah. All over the fucking place, and, and like everything he does that isn't that isn't that directly, like you see him have yeah. bad relationships, but all these other things are just little instances of him having to make those, those decisions yeah. of, nope, got to close that door, got to leave yep. that behind now, got to leave that behind, got to block that out. It's yeah, just, it's really really fucking intense, man. Yeah, definitely uh, great movie. I really liked it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, just exhausting and beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. That's a good way to put it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else did I see? Did I see other shit? I don't know. I, you know. <clears throat> we're we're starting to get long into this, and my the thing I saw this Christmas season I'm going to have to talk about mainly is in f- film roulette. Okay, I'm going to be talking for a while. <laughs> yeah, you were very effective. Yeah, very very. However, there is one thing I I've been dying to get to. Actually, Casey and I have been dying to get to. I would like to read something to you, Dan. Okay. <laughs> Finally. Finally. So, for those of you who remember the last proper episode we had. Uh, we reviewed Anchorman 2. Yes. And I had discovered a, a review yeah. on IMDb by a fella called Bollywood Chewbacca. Yeah. I went and, and read all, a lot of his reviews. I read a bunch of them, too. Yeah. And it's really weird I, how 
there some of them are totally insane, yeah, and some are kind of normal. I can't I, be the same guy. I think, ah. yeah, I think there's some sort of crossed wires between somebody whose language, first language, is not English, reviewing movies, and right. then like a bot. Yeah, because there's because the ones that make sense, you're just like, okay, <clears> this <throat> is just somebody writing reviews about movies, and and English is their second language or something. So yeah, it's not written perfectly understandable. And then there's other ones where you're like, this is just a jumble of words yeah. that a computer put together. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I want. I've came across one that I think is delightful. Okay. Um, and I would like to read it to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is a review for I Spit on Your Grave. Oh God. On Rainy. <laughs> the, the remake. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and this was from March 2011. And the review goes like this. I Spit on Your Grave, Unrated, is an extremely well-made movie. It's a movie based on a unique script in the sense that it takes a very common uh, very common leisure activities and makes it feel like a nightmare. When thing, when things goes all wrong, cast-wise, I Spit on Your Grave, Unrated, did a very... <laughs> Did a very nice job. Wait, hold on. Sorry, I wanted to cite that one. <laughs> when things goes when things wrong, goes when things goes wrong, cast wise, cast wise is, uh, that's when the what? That's, that's when, when the movie. That's job. I spit on the grave unrated. Does a very good job. Okay, you, you know, uh, the best thing about I spit on your grave unrated is that it takes on a simple plot. Sorry, my phone's on. And deliver it with such great attention to details and turn of events that by the end of the movie, it feels like a very good movie experience. (laughs) (laughs) This movie got into some harrowing stuff, but I had a good experience by the end of it. (laughs) Overall. (laughs) The director deserves kudos for giving attention to every facts of the plot with apt details. The movie never stretches itself to make up time and hence one never feels bored by it overall i spit on your grave is a very nice experience i bought this movie for one dollar somewhere in a shopping mall in nevada it resides in my dvd collection only to be taken out sporadically to prove to people how bad it really is <laughs> it turned on a dime there at the end about this movie is that it's the best movie I've ever seen. It's a very pleasant movie about rape, and it's uh, terrible. <laughs> uh, though uh, this one had long scenes where nothing at all happened, rape scenes where nobody even took any clothes off, and oh. some and some parts of the audio are out of sync. I take offense, by the way, to the. Uh, uh, there's rape scenes where people don't even take their clothes off. Well, Were you trying to get a boner during the rape scenes? Maybe seriously. Show? And parts of the audio are out of sync. Even the editing and some of the lighting was bad. My verdict: eight out of ten. <laughs> I just like that. Like clearly, like if this one was written by a real person and not just subbed in these, like because half of it sounds like it, but then other half where he keeps saying "I spit in your grave" unrated just seems like some computer has plugged in totally. the title. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just like that if this was a real person, clearly he's reviewing like a like burnt copy from some cheap mall where like audio is out of sync. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think you usually. I mean, it, so like this movie was great. It was never long. It was, it was totally long and boring. I hated it. Eight out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, like he directly uh, contradicts. He's like, uh, the great thing about this movie is that it's never ever boring. Some of the rape scenes have too many clothes and are boring. <laughs> but despite that fact, I lo- I both loved and hated it. Eight out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So that good. guy is the best. Uh, yeah. This movie was brilliant. It was beautiful. I hated it. it made me puke. Eight out of ten. <laughs> And just uh, what a strange... 
strange movie for that to be the review. Yeah. I spit on your grave. It was a very pleasant time at the films. Yeah. Excuse me. I spit on your grave unrated. Yeah. Sorry. I spit on your grave unrated. Yeah. <laughs> I like that line too where it's like, it's very good at being a movie that when at the end you're like, I've had a movie experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find most movies are good for that. Most this movies. is unmistakably a movie. <laughs> That I experienced when I turned it on. Quite oh, pleasant. That guy is the worst writer. Yeah. Internet. So good. <laughs> so yep. I love good. that review. It start wasn't re- over yeah. long. Let's it was re- way too long. Eight out of ten. Let's start reviewing his reviews. <laughs> yeah. the tum- There's a Tumblr there. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh, and I totally forgot uh, <clears throat> before Film Roulette that I did see Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, right. Um, this is a... Athena th- odd, right? Yes, she did. Yeah. Um, I liked it, but boy, is that movie not amazing or a masterpiece. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's good, and they're there's good stuff in it but it's yeah. too long yeah that's what athena said she liked the the bookends she liked the first like 15 20 yeah. minutes and the last 15 20 yeah minutes. it's a goddamn three-hour movie yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and it does feel like it and there are scenes that just go on and on you're like okay you're riffing i get like this yeah. like it's 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 there's a few tonal things that i didn't really love about it there's a couple things like uh a lot of it's played for laughs and and it's very intentional and right now there's a big controversy going on about whether this movie celebrates the actions of those in it yeah, or not. Yeah, and yeah DiCaprio's come out and said, uh, we're we're indicting this behavior. I we're not glorifying I it. I think it's kind of... Well, I mean, there are a few things that I thought were played wrong tonally, but I think it's weird that the conversation's happening overall because the, the ending of the movie very, in my opinion, bluntly makes a statement of like, no, this these people are awful and we're letting them be awful. Right. And it kind of holds the mirror up to the audience at the end of the movie and it's kind of like... These people are awful, and they're going to keep being awful if we're like still interested in what they're doing and 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 stuff. And and so I don't understand why that's the conversation about the movie that's going on when there's other things that I thought like were not great about it. And I think one of the tonal things that I thought was weird was um, there's two scenes in which in which people get beat up, and and one of them is played for laughs, and one of them is played very scary. And I thought it was weird that. Both weren't played as being very scary because I because there's a scene where a homosexual maid uh, steals money from Leonardo DiCaprio because he's using his house as like like for a party and they all show up and they like beat him up and then they call the cops and the cops come and beat him up and it's very like whoa and everyone was laughing and I was like that's a hate crime <laughs> <laughs> I was like they just committed a hate crime and then later Leonardo DiCaprio kind of like roughs up his wife and it's played very harrowing harrowingly as it should because that's fucking horrible yeah. but i just was like these are two things that are really horrible and one was played like for laughs and i right. and and i don't Is it think played the, like a hate crime because you said the guy steals money right yeah it's not really played like a straight up hate crime but they are calling him expletives and like punching right, him in right. the face and so i was just like this is weird that these two horrible things are played very differently and one of them got laughs in the audience everyone was laughing i was like this is not funny at all um but is that indicative of the fact that the audience was all a bunch of cops maybe and i don't think it's on the movies i don't think it's part of like why i think this movie i just thought it was a tonal thing i was like this is weird some of the choices seem to be weird but i think overall the fact that the discussion is about whether or not this movie glorifies their stuff, I think is weird because we'll get to American Hustle, but I think mm-hmm. that's to me a movie that maybe the conversation should be had about. But um, yeah, it's good. It was a good movie. It's just too long. I don't know. 
to me, it's not breaking news that Martin Scorsese made a pretty good movie. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's not wonderful. <laughs> that was overlong. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a masterpiece yeah, by any Netflix, stretch. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, worth... I'm disappointed ultimately because well, I wanted great. it the to be the really best good. movie of the year. Yeah. 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 And I mean, a lot of people are saying it, that it's the best. I don't know. It's certainly one of those movies you should see and weigh in on kind of thing. It's a, hmm. it's a big, I don't know. I, it, I got too many other things to catch up on. Yeah. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's good. It's just, I don't know. I was yeah. a little let down. Yeah. And that's sure. my two cents on the film. All right. Mm. Um, should we get in? Is it film roulette time? I think it's All it right. Is. Let's get into it. Hey. Film roulette is our weekly segment where the three of us roll a die, and the two high rollers get to go see something good. Casey and I won two weeks ago, and we're seeing American Hustle, and the loser has to go see something weird or shitty or a Medea film. Uh, Greg lost and went and saw Medea's <laughs> Christmas. Uh, two weeks ago, he got to punish us with an album because he lost, because that's what we do on the show, and Casey mm-hmm. and I listened to 30 Seconds to Mars mm-hmm. for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to get into that, and then we're going to roll for next week. That's right. That's how we play. That's how I play. I re- I'm glad I remembered how to say all that. It's been a while. <laughs> um, so over the break, Casey and I went and saw American Hustle, the new David O. Russell movie with a crazy stacked cast. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in this thing. Huge cast. Louis C.K. is in this thing. Yeah, that's that was the most surprising yeah. thing. Like, apparently, I didn't know anything about the casting beyond Bradley Christian Cooper Bale. and Christian Bale. And, yeah, I had no idea. Jennifer that, Lawrence, yeah. Amy Adams. Yeah, I knew they were in it. Yeah. And that was it. No idea Louis C.K. Louis C.K. was fucking great. Yeah, he's too. really, really, really good in this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so how would you explain... What's the IMDb plot here for uh, American Hustle? It'll be uh, a good way to set this up. Well, basically, two small-time uh, con artists uh, get conned into conning a bunch of people <laughs> by the FBI. Yeah, Irving... Rosenfield, which is Christian Bale and Amy Adams, Sidney Prosser, are forced to work for a wild FBI agent played by Bradley Cooper as he pushes them into a world of Jersey power brokers and the mafia, ultimately. Yeah. Is, is I guess, the one-liner for this. Mm-hmm. Um, David O. Russell made a lot of movies I've loved. Yeah. But uh, also someone that I'm not completely on board with. Uh, he, there, there have been a couple movies of his that I've been like, yeah. I don't think, I just think as, as a director, I've never really thought that he had like, I don't know, like an overall sensibility. I feel like he, he has, I've had this conversation with a couple of people now, um, saying like, well, he's an inconsistent director in that he doesn't have a very sort of, um, definitive style, but that's actually something that I kind of like about him. The yeah. Fighter is a very different movie than Three Kings, which is a very different movie than I Heart Huckabee's. Yeah. I just have always found, like, I, 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 when I think about his movies on a whole, I kind of don't see any lasting, like, impression on, on the style of filmmaking. Like, I, for some I, reason, I have him with Spike Jones in my mind as, as two polar opposites whereas i think okay. spike jones is doing like brilliant things and always pushing the envelope and but all of his movies are very different and mm-hmm. i feel like david o russell doesn't have what i see in spike jones i guess i don't know yeah yeah i i think that makes a lot of sense um uh, on one hand like i was saying i find it refreshing that he that that his movies can be totally a little mm-hmm. bit different um, and, and it makes me kind of go like maybe that's maybe it's cool that that the director can step out of yeah um, step out of the way and just tell a story yeah 
Um, and yet at the same time, you would think that the movies would be less stylized as a result of that. And, and a lot of his movies are crazy stylized. Yeah. Like, like this movie specifically and especially American Hustle. Um, that said, okay, well, what did you think? Um, I like this movie. I had a good time when I was watching it. But again, like my opinion of David O. Russell, I didn't think a lot of it. It's it's an entertaining film. The yeah. performances are fine. I feel like David O. Russell these days is making the same kind of movie where it's like the like like the it's an audience pleaser. It's going to win awards because of the performances and the people in it, and it's very high profile, much like Silver Linings. But I feel like there's not that much to them. Nope. This is uh, I've. Same thing. I enjoyed seeing this movie, yeah. but it's a very incongruous movie. Yeah, uh, like it, it's got this one tone, and it sticks with that tone. And it's like it's a lot of real close-ups on on uh, on actors and stuff. <coughs> Excuse me, and it, and it has this sort of like real, you know, er, like late seventies, early eighties kind of feel. Yeah, um, but. It'll be really, uh, like, melodramatic at one point, and then there will be, like, something that's played for comedy. Yeah. But, but I found that the parts that were supposed to be funny, while being extremely funny, like, th- this movie has some really hilarious parts Yeah, definitely it. a laugh throughout. Yeah. yeah. But every time that there was a laugh, I was like, this is a different movie. Yeah. Like, like I can see that. The story they're telling, like, it's like they stop to become... A little sitcommy, yeah, uh, like and not quite sitcommy, but just like like I found fa- I found the tone of the humor very out of place. Yeah, and 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 with my, I thought pr- I had heard that it, it was kind of a yeah, a like, screwball like a, comedy, yeah, exactly. kinda, yeah. Or zany, yeah, definitely. Look, and I think sort of the the inspiration of it, anyway. Yeah, I, I I think um and that and that's kind of some of the stuff I liked. Like when it when it stopped to get funny, even though it was a little sitcommy, I felt like. That was when I saw the David O. Russell that I liked, where I was that like, oh, was, this is flirting with disaster. This yeah. is people in over their head, and well, it's funny and crazy. And that's the thing, and that's the movie I wanted to see. Yeah. And all of the performances would suggest that that was the movie that it was, but yeah. there were these flat moments, and, and a lot of flat moments, and more so those moments than the the really kind of funny or, or like, overtly interesting yeah. things happening. Um like it's definitely performances that drag this movie up. Yes, definitely. This movie would have been flat as fuck if it wasn't for people like, yeah. like Jeremy Renner is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the best thing I've seen Jeremy Renner do. Huh. Yeah, it was good. I I I think uh, to my point about Wolf of Wall Street about tonally about the film tonally, I think it's it was weird to me that the conversation about Wolf of Wall Street whether they're glorifying what these people are doing I felt like they were the, that mo- at least Wolf of Wall Street took a stand at the end of the film and mm-hmm. said like no this is wrong I feel like this movie was like they're doing a lot of pretty awful things like some people's lives get ruined in this film at their hands and I felt like the movie was weird because it kind of plays it off as like fun heist caper and then it's like and there's a twist at the end and you didn't see that coming and like now you'll leave in a good mood and you're kind of like I don't know. <laughs> See, I kind of that. That's actually kind of what, like, the the intention behind the movie is, is what I like the most. I think was is just that it, it shows you sort of like the inner workings or or, or corruption, yeah, of uh, um, how how to r- run a, a you know like a city, yeah. Um, 
and and that that kind of corruption and and like just like blatantly illegal bullshit yeah. happens all the time and who who goes down for it really yeah. depends on who has at any time mm-hmm. the right amount of leverage yeah and i think and, that's and like, like that's super interesting it is like this movie's almost like an anti-morality tale yeah it's like because morality doesn't come into question or doesn't come into play when it comes to business and yeah. stuff like that um I and, do, yeah and the law is an entirely fallible thing mm-hmm. uh that that has very little business in the progressing of yeah. of uh or, or in how a city progresses and i like that i, I just found tonally it, it was yeah it was off i guess i just kept waiting for the film to actually say something like like t- t- it's 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 one thing and i and i agree i think that's like super interesting to see all that and to see how it's playing out and stuff but i kept waiting for the film to be like to kind of like take a stand i guess and say yeah. like here but here's how i feel about it not necessarily force morality on these characters like cuz if they're going to do it and get away with it and then you force force them to ca- pay for it in the in the film i feel like you're taking it away from the audience like you're letting the audience off the hook as i've heard people say about some other things but like I just kept waiting. Yeah, I kept waiting for it to be like, oh, here's my opinion on that. And I think that's kind of like what I don't like about David O. Russell these days is he's making movies where it doesn't actually really have anything to say right. about the complexity of the situation. It's just like, isn't this crazy? But I think that's what I liked about the movie was was that the situation itself, um, everything that was happening, it wasn't based on good or bad. It yeah. wasn't based on, well, these guys are bad and these guys are good. It was just all about what everybody wanted yeah. and, and what they would do to get what they wanted. So, um, And within that, the, like it, it almost negates the morality of a movie True. like that. So the movie just kind of stands back and goes, this is... This is what people with way too much money and way too much uh, power and influence, this is what they do. Yeah. Uh, like, there's not a comment on it or anything. It's just, this is clearly fucked up. I guess, yeah. I can see and that, that. that. That's sort of what I liked about it, but uh, but at the same time, like, I, I found it very uneven. Yeah, I think it's... It could have been a shorter movie. I just think David O. Russell's kind of making these movies that, I don't know, I like like The Fighter and, and Silver Linings Playbook. I just feel like his career has taken a turn to a very easy place Hmm. i don't know like i don't think that those movies are all that interesting as good as some of them are i just think there's not a lot to them whereas i felt like i don't know like i love flirting with disaster and there's not a lot to that movie either but it's just there's something about it that's so screwball and so the, the the characters are getting more like i saw a lot of flirting disaster in this movie and when i did mm-hmm. see it i was like oh this is what i like about david o. russell right and he kept doing other things where i was like well this is boring i don't know like well that, okay. that's the thing when it's he hits good. on biting satire which the fighter is not yeah the fighters is pretty much a straight story but when he hits on biting satire that's when he's the exactly. most uh that's why three kings is such a uh yeah, a yeah. well-realized I really movie. Like that movie um because it's so much of that totally like, it's his it's his sort of like laser uh, yeah focus and i guess that's what i missed about this movie was i want like you're saying it's kind of like no here's what people are doing and stuff i was waiting for it to hit those biting satire notes where i were where it almost not takes a stand but has something to say instead of just presenting it like actually right. takes a satirical look at it and says like this is this is what happens isn't it crazy or yeah. like this is what happens and also don't you think this or it's not just check it out they're conning people yeah <laughs> yeah i i guess i i guess i kind of liked it. it like like i say like just because in a world like that in a world like that sorry in a world 
ever in a war. <laughs> uh, in a world like that, everybody is corrupt yeah, to some extent. Absolutely. And, and so, I mean, you can't really cast morality because there's nobody there. You'd have to have another character walking around going, well, you're doing bad. Yeah, yeah. And, you're doing and that very would be good. Stu- that would be bad. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, like within a world like that, you can't, you know, yeah. there's no there's no social barometer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just varying degrees of, of good and bad, yeah. which are sort of secondary to the plot. Yeah. 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 I definitely say watch the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's a you'll watch it. You'll be like that was entertaining. It's yeah. just you'll you'll also I'll, you'll feel like you're missing something else. So yeah. at least I did. Yeah, yeah it's not th- this movie will not go on my my year on best no. by any means. No, yeah, it's just it is what it is. Kind of, yep. it's a little uneven. Yeah, a little bit of a bummer, but mm-hmm. I mean, I was excited for it, but I wasn't like I don't know. I was really excited for it because like I felt like it was going to be. Like a whole new thing for mm-hmm. uh, uh, for David O. Russell, but yeah, I guess that's what it served to do is just go. Okay, I've totally figured out what David O. Russell does. Yeah, now. I totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of totally figuring something out, mm-hmm. uh, Greg went and saw a movie and tried to figure it out. Listen, <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> just you don't understand. Okay, you think you're walking around with leading your lives? You think that you know what's happening? You don't know shit. You don't know what the fuck's going on out there at all. I've seen it now. I've seen, I saw three Tyler Perry movies this year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot. This is my second Medea movie in theaters. Yep. So. Medea's Christmas? Is that the title? Uh, Tyler Perry's A Medea Christmas. Yeah. I, I had company, though. My friend Scotty Farmer went with me. Oh. <laughs> you hauled Scotty with you? <laughs> he totally came with me. Awesome. Did he volunteer? Yes, he did. Well, I caught him. You know, we were out at the show and we had beers, and he's like, "I'll come with you, man." And I'm like, "Right <laughs> on." And then I, you were I like, "I'll like, hold you to Listen, that." Listen, it's at ten thirty at night on a Sunday. It's only showing at ten thirty p.m. That is the only time this movie shows. I'm like, I don't know who's going to be in there. It's probably going to be. Who, it should be empty. Yeah, ten thirty p.m. on a Sunday night. I go into the theater with Scotty Farmer, and there's <laughs> at least 10 people in there. Yeah. And then a whole other crew of people walk in after them. But there are a lot of people here. There, about half of the audience is there to laugh at the movie, like yeah. to be like, this shit is fucked. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I can yeah. relax a little bit. And it was also nice. It was a little more this. this okay. The Tyler Perry movie I saw last year, I don't even remember what it was called. The Medea one. I don't know. Witness Protection. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Protection? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a confusing experience. It was my first time seeing a Medea movie, and you don't... 
If you haven't seen a Medea movie, you do not understand. <laughs> you do not understand how unsettling it is all the time. <laughs> Every scene. This man is like six foot four. He's so <laughs> big and scary looking, dressed up as a lady talking about. In the first 45 seconds of this film, <laughs> Medea talks about being on the pole. Oh, God. Like, it's, I don't know what, who this is for tonally. There is so much weird shit. And then in the first five minutes, then she talks about how she used to sell weed. And it's so weird. Everything about it is so uncomfortable. And she's making all these weird sexual, uh, okay. <laughs> so the movie starts in a department store where Medea is dressed up in Christmas stuff. And her friend uh, is working there. He's like, got her as a volunteer on like Christmas, Christmas day shopping day or like last big day before yeah. Christmas. And she's just supposed to be polite and do whatever, but Medea's really confused and doesn't know how to. Like, and she's like, "All you have to do is say like Merry Christmas and come in." And she's like, "And yeah, and Mary the and but she confuses everything. In this movie, everyone says everyone else's name wrong. Okay, and that's supposed to be hilarious. <laughs> no one can say Medea. People can't say Connor. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, well, there's a guy named Connor, and I keep on calling him other things because it's funny. And uh, a woman comes in and wants lingerie, no, and Medea's like, listen, honey, let me tell you, you don't need lingerie, you're too old, no one wants to see that. <laughs> oh, she's because oh, she's telling it like it is. Yeah. Right, right. And then there's this, well, so she's been really rude and yelled at people and stuff like that, and just walked away, there, and then they, they're like, you should get out of here. <laughs> you're fired from your volunteering. And she flips out and goes, takes the money out of the cash register, she's like, I'm just getting the money you owe me, I'm taking money, she's got money, and then she steals some dresses, you're like, I don't you, I'm making a scene. I'll just take what I want on Christmas. I'm doing what I want. Didn't like, you say she was volunteering? Yes. Why did she steal money? <laughs> I don't know. And she took $150. Uh, so this is like immediately is just all banana. This is yeah. the first five minutes of the movie. And it's like, really unsettling when she has a meltdown in the store. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I don't understand the tone here. Can and I it was nice. Every five minutes, Scotty Farmer next to me would go, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask a question? Because I yes. have not seen a Medea movie. No. Me either. Are, are you supposed to hate her? No. She is your she's supposed to be lovable? voice of reason. She's that lovable family member who says what she thinks. Yeah, yeah but she goes and volunteers for things so she can steal money and clothing mm-hmm. from a department store? Well, she did used to be a, a weed-dealing stripper, so. <laughs> With a heart of gold. <laughs> I got, I've got to see some of these movies because I don't get it. I really do. Look, I'm going to tell you a lot about this movie, but I'm telling you right now, anybody listening, you've got to see Tyler Perry's A Media Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it is fucking insane. Okay. All the way through. Every scene, I was like, what? And then we cut to this small town where there's this lady, teacher lady. She's talking to her students, and one of the students is making fun of the other student for being messy. But And she's like, yeah, well, he gets straight A's, though. Billy, what did you get on your test? How about you, Suzanne? What about you, Betty? You guys didn't do very well on your test. This is my classroom, and I will not tolerate bullying. And I'm like, you're bullying them. <laughs> that is what you're doing. I will not tolerate bullying unless it's done by me. Yeah. Booyah! And so, and then, okay, and there's like five movies going on. Because then it goes to the big, uh, uh, to, uh, the faculty meeting at the school. And they're like, we don't have enough money for the Christmas Jubilee. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's <laughs> Christmas, the Christmas Jubilee. Jubilee. And then, okay, here's all the plots. And then that, the teacher, she goes home. And uh, she and the, her mom calls. Her mom is the woman who was working with Medea, like set Medea up at this department store. 
And she's like, and uh, she's like, aren't you coming on for Christmas? She's like, I can't. And uh, that's not going to happen. I haven't seen you in so long. And who's that man there with you? Oh, that's Connor, who's this white guy living in the house. And she's like, oh, that's a farm guy. boy that you got to work for you. And she gets off the phone, and he's like, when are you going to tell her? And stuff I'm like, oh, interracial relationship, but the mom doesn't know. And they can't come home for Christmas. But then the, the, the mom is with Medea, and she's like, I'm just going to go there myself. And but you're gonna drive me, and she's like, okay. And then they pick up her. Here's the other plot point: is because she wants the money for the school for the Christmas jubilee. She has called her ex-boyfriend from high school because he works for somebody who can get a hundred thousand dollars for this school. So they do that. But then the mom takes him, and they all drive out there, and it's gonna be, oh, here comes the ex-boyfriend, but nobody knows that she's married to the white guy, and we're all at a farmhouse, and Matias there talking shit, and then I'm like. <laughs> Every scene is total banana. Uh, so they're on their way there, and there are constantly these wipes going on in this movie. Star wipes? Uh, no, no, Chris, Christmas, oh. Christmas wipes. Okay. Well, Snowflake wipes? There was a couple of those. Sweet. Uh, for how do you describe a wipe to somebody who doesn't know what I'm talking about? So basically, like a transition a, between. See, the yeah, scene like when, and, when the scene changes. Yeah, you ever see Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know how the, it like kind of goes from one end of the screen to the other? Yeah. Like, bloop, bloop, hey, it's like whoop. that, but with a. Uh, design, yeah, and there's like spinning Christmas trees and presents and patterns <laughs> and snowflakes, fucking and retarded, snow. and it's constant and always in weird, weird places. Like there's this scene. It's where, not the Full House Christmas special. No, yeah. but it seems like that, right? So there's uh, this. They're on their way out to the farmhouse, and Medea's like, "I gotta pee." And pull over the car, and they pull over in this little small town, and she goes up to this old man on the street, and he's like, do you know where there's a bathroom? And he just points to this door, and she goes and opens the door, and it's all these. The, it's the Ku Klux Klan inside there. Oh, meeting. fuck you, Tyler yeah. Perry. <laughs> and, and she's like, whoa, and sprints. And it's just a, I don't know, she runs, and it's a big man running really fast in a, yeah. in a dress. And uh, gets in the car, and he's like, it's the Klan, it's the Klan. <laughs> Christmas wipe. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? Yes. Like, da, 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 snowman. Not even yeah, like a like, clan head no, wipe or something? <laughs> like, <yeah>. Something... <laughs> <laughs> It matches it. And so, so yeah. So it's oh, like that scene is purely just set up so he can run away from the clan really fast and then have a Christmas wipe. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Tyler Oh, Perry. man. No, he's the best. This is insane. <laughs> so they get I'm, out there. I'm and, so irritated right uh, you know, now. Dude, so they get out there and uh, you know, they, nobody knows that, the, that she's married to the white guy and the mom, if she finds out, will freak out. And then now... I knew this because I saw the opening credits, but I had this is about 40 minutes into the movie now, and I had forgotten <laughs> that Larry the Cable Guy is in yeah, this movie. Yeah. When he As, got out of a van, I was like, God <laughs> damn it! As uh, Buddy. Uh, yeah, he plays the white guy's dad because the, the white family's coming to visit him for Christmas, too, and then nobody knows what's going on. Nobody and, has oh, any uh, problem. a clashing. Nobody has any problem pronouncing oh, Buddy. Oh, here's the other plot that's going on. The guy that she's married to, the white guy, is a, he's always playing around with beakers and stuff like that. And then this other farm fella, who's the dad of the dirty kid that was getting bullied at school, he shows up and he's like, hey, you're planting corn. And he's like, yeah, I got a new formula for, <laughs> new formula <laughs> corn, for plant. corn planting. And he's like, I plant corn. If you plant corn, I'm going to kick your ass. And he drives away. So you, they've got a corn fight. Yeah. Corn, yeah. corn planting fight going on. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there, that's he's the bad guy, I guess. And... So there's <laughs> there's a lot going on in the house. Medea's because she sees everything, understands, figures out that she's with the white boy and all that. Uh, and there's a really horrible scene. There's a lot of another clan joke comes up where uh, Larry the Cable Guy's in bed with his uh, wife, 
and he's topless. And it's just horrible. Sure. <laughs> and it's just so horrible. He's not a pleasant man to look at. No. In any fathom, in, in, in any situation. Definitely no shirt is the worst. But he has this rope necklace on, this thick rope, like like choker length. It's not long enough. It's like right at the base of the neck. And it's like a rope. like a dog collar? Kind of, but it's made of like, like, like rope. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, what is, why? Uh, and uh, but then Is he's he like, just let's there play to the represent- ghost and the lady, and he puts a sheet over him, and he's like, well, I'm gonna bang you. <laughs> and then the mom of the, the who doesn't know that her daughter's married to a white guy opens the door and sees. She's like, oh, the clan's in there, and there. Then she wants to hide in the bedroom because she thinks the family is the clan and stuff like that. She chops down the tree in the backyard that was the had a yellow ribbon on it because it had it with a grandfather who died in the war. All kinds of stuff goes on. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it broke you. Yeah, and, and then and like all oh, then the Christmas wipes just keep coming. Christmas wipe, Christmas wipe. So then it turns out the reason that the mom wants or uh, is uh, can't know about her marrying this white guy, getting eloped with him, is not only because the, she wanted a big wedding for her daughter, but she doesn't want her to marry a white guy. And then they're all yelling at the table and stuff like that, and she's like. And we're like, what's the big problem with white people? It's like Larry the Cable Guy, and they, they're all yelling at each other. And she's like, because a white man murdered my daddy on Christmas. Uh, <laughs> like, Whoa, what, what is going on? And like, if that's not bad enough, then Medea comes in. She's like, girl, your mother's lying to you. Your daddy wasn't murdered by a white man. He ran away with a white woman, and they moved to L.A. and started Glee. <laughs> What? Yes. He insinuates that the they ran away and they they they're they are something to do with the production staff and creation team of the te- hit television show Glee. Oh my God! What I, the I, fuck I, I, is this just, movie? Whoa, what are we doing here? Yeah, <laughs> there are no laws anymore. It's like it's like he he just writes whatever he sees. It's like he's writing the script and then he just Glee was on. And he's like, oh, that's in my movie now. Yeah. <laughs> Like he can't, he can't control himself. Oh man! And just like in every scene, there's just something. So the mom takes off, and she's going down the street, and there's the there's a, a, a van that's upside down, and it's the the evil corn guy. It's him, and she pulls him out of the flaming van, and it explodes. And then the other white guy shows up and punches him in the face, like you leave my wife alone. Oh my god! And, oh man! It's just fucking craziness and. Oh, they want the kid to sing at the Jubilee, and they oh, oh, so they get the Jubilee to happen. But then the company that's making it happen, the money, they are also the company that put some dam in that ruined all the farmers' lives, and they're like, "Fuck you!" So when they're at the Jubilee, the teacher lady gets on stage and she starts making stuff up, like, "Uh oh, you know what? I'm gonna turn it around on this evil corporation." I'm like, and whatever, you know, Sarandon Construction. Uh, they've obviously agreed to uh, giving us, you know, $50,000 a year for the school. And they're like, what? Oh, no, it's on TV in this small town that no one's watching. Now we have to do it. Yeah, now we have to do it. And then she makes up all this other shit, too. Like, they're going to let out this amount of water from the dam every day for the farmers. And I'm like, "Uh oh, she said it on TV, so it's legally binding now. You know, they're like, you got it, lady. You're so smart. Anyway. (laughs) Um, and while they're at the Christmas Jubilee, there's people standing around getting interviewed by because there's all this press there all of a sudden, and they've got all these YouTube people. And it comes to one person, it cuts over, and then it's fucking uh, Sweet Brown. She's like, "Well, I heard there was a fire." 
Jesus, there's a fire. I oh, no. And I was like, what the Oh, fuck? no. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Me? I'm like, whoa, holy crap. And then it pans around, and that other guy's there going, "Get hide your kids. <laughs> I'm like, hey, everybody's here. They're <laughs> oh, on YouTube. Yeah. God, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. fucking disgusting. It was. And then they pan over, and there's an old lady who goes, where's the beef? <laughs> <laughs> It, look, this. I want you to see this movie. If it was available on DVD, I would have purchased it for you for the Christmas season for you to enjoy with your whole family. <laughs> this thing was fucking insane. Every scene of it was just like, you can't make movies like this. Yeah. You cannot do this. But yeah. he does it. I'm, it's, it was the best bad movie I've seen in quite some time. I don't oh even know. God. Was it infuriating? Because this no, sounds it was infuriating. fucking fascinating. And when, so I'm watching, there's a scene where Medea is left with the woman's class which only has eight kids in it sure weird and i'm looking at the classroom and i'm like they have christmas shit up but one of the things that they have up for christmas is a big wooden cross yeah like big wooden cross wrapped with uh uh just christmas lights and i'm like that's fucking weird that's kind of weird yeah. big wooden cross well and that's then, kind of insulting but it's to there Jesus. it's there for a gag you see because oh. then the what the evil little girl who's been making fun of the kid who has dirt on his face she steals Medea's purse, but Medea figures it out. So then it cuts away, and then it comes back, and Medea has uh, crucified the child on the cross. Uh, yeah. for, uh, it was the, the best Christmas movie I've ever seen. I don't <laughs> understand how you weren't angered by I hate you right now <laughs> for having described this it movie. was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. You got it. Oh, it okay. Was a, I got to say delight. I got to say I'm on box office mojo for this thing yeah. and under the players, yep. it says director Tyler Perry, writer Tyler Perry, actor Tyler Perry, producer Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> and also I want to make note I was on IMDb while you were uh, talking about it. Yeah. The first user review that comes up uh, again to keep in the mm-hmm. reading reviews from mm-hmm. IMDb themes. The title of this review is, Every time I watch a Medea movie, I am intellectually aroused. <laughs> oh. This movie ain't it bad. It should be noted that I am a duller. Yeah. This movie ain't bad. Ain't bad by a long shot. The old Man. geezer herself, Medea, is back for a Christmas extravaganza that could only come from the mind of Tyler Berry. Don't get your panties in a bloated mess thinking this film isn't high art because it is. In a bloated mess? <laughs> It is high art, and it's one of the ten greatest films of the year. It's it's better than Argo. I gave Argo 7 out of 10. I give this a 9. Oh, then it must be better. It is also better than the Shawshank Redemption, which is commie crap. I said a higher number. Oh, my God. This review goes on to say the N-word. I can't read it. I can't read it. I can't read that out loud. Do they use the N-word a lot in this movie? Or at no. all? No. No, Because, no, like, no. I feel like Tyler Perry would be somebody, like, at least to his credit, he's he would be somebody who is trying to weed that word out that, of the yeah, public that, consciousness. That stereotype isn't happening. All right. But weed dealing, stripper being. Yeah, this is, <laughs> it's PG-13, according to IMDb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't understand. Like, it's totally, with all the Christmas wipes and all the weird music and stuff like that, it totally feels like it's a kid's movie. But yeah. he's talking about all kinds of, you know, a gigantic, he's a big fucking guy yeah. in drag talking about how he used to be a stripper and yeah. shit like that. It's really intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the kid, so the dirty kid, his dad's a dick and corn and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, they, they become friends. The two white guys become friends Clearly. at the end because he's like, you know, I made this new uh, serum for corn. You don't need as much water. Why don't we work together? And he's like, okay, buddy. They're friends at the end. And But then the kid, the dirty kid, he was always dirty and late for school because his dad was making him work on the farm and didn't want him to sing at the Christmas Jubilee because he's a farmer, not a singer. 
But then he sings at you're the end. You're not allowed to but sing if you're a farmer. But the song this kid yeah. sings, the song this kid sings at the end of the Jubilee is the most made-up song I've ever heard. I swear the kid is just winging it. There's no, like, it's, okay, the little kid can sing just fine, but there's no melodies. Okay. Like, Stopping Christmas is here. There's a boy. I'm a boy, too. <laughs> Bananas. It was the worst. Eight out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see it. It's, it sounds destined to become a Christmas. Oh, classic. I'm not, yeah. seriously. This is t- for the absurdity of it. Because this is you have to. You, you, you ha- yeah. You if have this to thing's see online, I'm gonna download it. I can't possibly describe to you fully what this thing is like. Yeah. Or what what it is to watch Medea do her thing. It's really. It it's just a lot of improv. Awful. It's clear. It's 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 terrible. Yeah. Improv. Oh, yeah, definitely. Made, made a lot of money. Lots yeah. Of money. yeah. Well, how much did it cost? Uh, it doesn't say on box Not office. Not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, his movies never do. No. Oh, man. Yeah. It doesn't um, cost that much to get Maria Horsford. Yeah. yeah Jesus Christ. But yeah, uh, I, I, I don't even know. I mean, this... He's operating on a whole different fucking level here. He's yeah. got something else going on. I'm, I, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I, I almost said I'm surprised that his movies are still making this much money because he yeah. makes so many of them. You think yeah, eventually I mean, you get burnt Medea out. How many movies have there been? This has got to be around the eighth or ninth, yeah. I'd say. Oh, my God. Really? There's got to be. sure. There's yeah. a ton of them. Fuck, I saw one last year. Yeah. Know? This isn't a new thing. Um, But, yeah, man, I went on. This movie's been out for a while, too, and I went on a Sunday night at 1030 that's the only time it's showing and there's fucking people there yeah. either to enjoy it because there was there were some people who were just there or then there was a bunch of people there just like <laughs> let's get drunk and go watch Tyler Perry dress up as a crazy uh-huh. lady yeah and say offensive shit um so this is the seventh movie in the Medea franchise wow. and the 17th film by Tyler Perry mm. it's prolific oh and Larry the Cable Guy is a horrible person and he's clearly trying to up the improv let's say, gross, crazy shit, because Medea says all kinds of disgusting shit about sex and things like that. And the most, the worst imagery ever in a film was he's, uh, Larry the Cable Guy's walking around outside talking about how damn cold it is. And he's like, it's so cold, I'm going to have to use an ice chipper to wipe tonight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait so, for it. <laughs> please enjoy the imagery of Larry the Cable Guy chipping frozen poop off his butthole. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> and a happy new year. And for a Christmas movie with all these spinning Christmas wipes and stuff like that, it's, it feels nothing like Stop Christmas. Stop saying wipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing feels Christmassy about this movie other than, they, I think that's why all the wipes are there. Like, remember? Yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Christmas. Clan. Clan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Total insanity. Fuck. Yeah, that sounds like something. Ooh, dear. Sounds like something. Um, I'm t- I'm, uh, but I'm serious. I wish I had seen it just today so it would be fresher in my mind because it was so crazy. It was hard to latch on to it. Yeah. You know, and to keep it all there. <laughs> but you've got to see this thing. Yeah, that's... I'm, I'm yeah. not fucking gonna, around. Watch I'll, this movie. <laughs> when that thing comes out on, in, on the interwebs, Please. you have to download that yeah. and see what it's all about. It's madness. It's uh, madness. Uh, there are um, no laws anymore. <laughs> it's all over. Yeah. So, film roulette. We're gonna roll uh, now for no. We're gonna no, talk gonna about tell music. Me about, uh, always uh, that. Jared well, we're not gonna talk about music. <laughs> yeah. So Greg gave us to, almost two weeks ago an album to listen to because he lost. Yeah. He gave us the latest from Jared Leto's band, yeah. Thirty Seconds to Mars, mm-hmm. or as I like to now call them, Thirty Seconds until I fall asleep listening to this music. <laughs> um, what was the name of this album? Uh, love, 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 lust, friends, fate, plus dreams, dreams, friends, art. Friends, good times, beers. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like 
uh, I have never been a big Jared Leto fan. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, every once in a while, though, Requiem for a Dream, you go, okay, this guy's kind of all yeah, right. Yeah. And then for the long stretch, it was like, no, I don't like this guy at all. And then I saw Dallas Buyers Club, and I'm like, oh, shit, I think I like this guy again. Yeah. Then he just ruined it. <laughs> By putting and listening album to this, I was just like, nope, even, even this album negates... His performance in Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, I, I I don't know that I can tell you anything about I, it. I don't think it'll be a long discussion, but it is. I this this album is. I if I was to try and describe it, it's very. It, it it's the blandest arena rock meets electronic mainstream pop music because yeah. it's 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 constantly trying to go really big with woes and i Ugh. like pop punk and they use a lot of woes in pop punk but never before have i been so bored of people singing woe than when i listen to this album i hate woes i always have hated woes <laughs> Um, they, like, like they they constantly try and go super big arena rock, but then other songs, it's like really trying to be glitchy mainstream electronic production. And it all it all sounds like it was made like by committee. Like, yeah, it, it, it all sounds like there's a, really a, a gross, drippy, band. shitty, synthy strings uh, over everything. Yeah, it was that, that that I watched one video from it. I'm like, this is the one. Yeah, because he, he <laughs> and the songs are long too. They're like eight minutes and shit. There's a couple. Yeah, um, and, and and I think he directed, like, a video for every song. I think uh-huh. he made, like, a movie to go along with this album, oh, and nice. never before has, m- and like, effort been wasted on. Like, <laughs> like why would you direct a bunch of images to go with this garbage? <laughs> it's fucking boring as hell. Like, what I don't understand is because, like, it seems like th- this is, like, a, a, a rock band, and now there, there are um, actors that they've sort of packaged t- to look like, po- like, you know, like... Jennifer Love Hewitt come, comes to mind. Like she was a, an actress, and then it's like, oh, you can sort of sing. So yeah. let's see if we can make you into a pop star. So everything that she was was very prefabricated because yeah. it was like, well, she's like a pop star. That's what you do with pop stars. Yeah. But like when an actor becomes like a rock guy, you yeah. would think that it would be, you know, like I also have this other side. So, but th- this music doesn't sound like like a creative outlet. Like I it think sounds, it does. Really? I think it sounds like a very misguided creative outlet. Like Weird, I think it's very it much, sounds to me again it's, like it's like very totally much like computer he's a famous actor dude and he thinks that he has a lot to say and he thinks he's being really like artistic oh, and yeah. really getting in he there takes this very seriously. Take take make an art man. Like yeah. it's like when But it's what's not his, reflected in the music. No, to me. no cuz it's well, garbage. No, it's really bad. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like like it's, I understand maybe that's his intention but like when you listen to it it's just like that's not what this sounds no, like. No, but to it's me. very overwrought. It's yeah. very oh, absolutely. It's like a, been very yeah. like whoa man. Yeah. I am very serious. It's here. like a guy who like listened to a bunch of Muse and was like <laughs> and like you too and was like yeah, man, music, yeah. man, <laughs> music is it, is it, man? I'm gonna make fucking inspiring art, man, and then like really just like put so like I think this album sounds like there's a lot of effort going into it, and what's coming out is just crap. Yeah, like, it's just there's a, a shitload of effort put into like production of this album, like right. like it's just it's fucking packed full of like strings and electronics and bleeps and bloops and shitty arena rock riffs and like big chanting background choruses and like just so like he really thought like the people involved with this i think really think they're making and 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 when you watch i i listen to this album on youtube in the comments a lot like from idiots are are like this is art man this is beautiful people people love this band like the fans love love this band 
They're that's, like, best album I've ever heard. Yeah, they go fucking crazy. Yeah, it's, it game. reminds me a lot of when what's his, the dude from Blink-182 like left the band oh, and, and made Angels, Angels and, and Airways. Yeah, and was like, was some... I'm going to make a movie called Love and it's about <laughs> space and it's like, and there's all these videos and effects and I've like put all this effort into this shit that's just watered down U2 garbage music. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I just I feel like all of those elements, like the bleep loops and the electronic this, and then the the shitty riffs, and then like all the overwrought emotion or pseudo emotion, yeah. that all just sounds like ingredients you put into the machine to make yeah. an album that will sell the, to the depressed teenagers. I think that's yeah. the only thing that's fascinating about this album is that somebody could work so hard to end up with the same thing that a committee could put together yeah 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 like i think i think these are the kind of dudes in a band that would like release a documentary about the making of this (laughs) like like you'd go on youtube and there'd be an hour long like the making of love whatever the fuck this album lust love faith music or whatever like then, and it would be them like twiddling knobs and being really heady about it. Like, yeah, oh, we got to bring up those woos in the back of this because it comes. This is the really because the narrative of our album is when this is when. Is the there thing, any way like, anyone can smell the farts of this album? Yeah. Can we make this an audio? Yeah, because like it, like it's. I I'm not 100 percent certain, but I mean, like I think they, there's a plot to this. That's why they put like a, a movie to it. Like yeah. I think like there's thoughts into this album I, of like this I, is when this this song's when this character realizes the futility of, like <laughs> I, there's that going on here yeah but. like Jared Leto's <laughs> making his Frank's wild years yeah yeah <laughs> Jesus it's but but ultimately I can't remember a single note of it no sure. yeah. no and and I think defiantly I can't remember yeah. any of it because I'm just like I think I, I you know what fucking fulfilled my end of the bargain yeah, I listened, listened to, to it now it can fuck off from yeah. my head forever yeah. yeah it's bizarre yeah and boring as fuck. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. Never have a. It was one of the most boring ones we've. I've like really wanted to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, now we got another album that we have to listen to. Yeah, another one at the hands of Greg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. did you have fun? Yeah, thirty going, seconds. Going to Mars. Zach. No. Hey, check it out. Why don't you listen to the new Corn album now? No. Oh! <laughs> It's called Paradigm Shift. Enjoy. Is it really new? How new? 2013, bud. Okay. Is this the dubstep one? They no, made a dubstep no, but it's one. still got electronic touches. Okay. I, watch, I listen to the single. It's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Have fun. No. Yeah. You, you had to listen to a new corn song to, to verify if it was going to yeah. be terrible. I was trying to decide between that and something else that was equally, holy crap. Okay. So, uh, well, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Ring in the new year with corn. Yeah, this is going to be the first album I, I listened, listened to in 2014. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Great. Um, well, this year's going to be a write-off. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, let's get rolling for next week. Uh, yeah. uh, we're going to roll for a movie that everyone has been saying is one of the best of the year. Yeah. I've seen this on countless year-end lists. I am dying to see this movie. The oh, aforementioned yeah. Spike Jones has a new movie out, <coughs> Her, with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. This thing looks fucking great. Uh, I'm excited to see this. Here. And Her, the, uh, the Loser... Is a movie that when the trailer came out, I was like, I have a 
bit of interest in seeing this because yeah. there's dragons in it and stupid stuff. It looks sure. kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the uh, reviews right now, this thing's sitting at around 20-something percent on Metacritic. Yeah. 47 Ronin, the biggest bomb of the uh, Christmas season so far. This yeah. thing cost $200 million to make, and it's made under 10. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> that, that's a lot of yeah, nobody somebody, wanting to see a movie. I was talking to someone. I can't remember who. Somebody saw it. And I was like, oh, was, that a, was it fun at all? And they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really bad. <laughs> yeah. so. uh, all right. So Casey's rolling. This right. is for her and 47 Ronan. First roll of 2014. Casey's got five. Got a nice five. Solid yeah. number. All right. Yeah. I'm That's rolling. An indication. Here we go. This is I have year. rolled a three. three. Oh, no. Come on, Greg, please. Just Continue your streak. streak. Greg has rolled a two. Yes. Two. Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> Greg is continuing. Jesus. I shook streak. it up so good, that dice. Yeah. Yeah. You shook all the little dots off it until <laughs> so there were only two, two left. left. Oh. <laughs> this is great. I'm, oh, I was yeah. worried I was going to see that. I'm dying to see I, her. I've been dying to see her. I can't wait. Like, I mean, I love Spike Jones movies. Uh, yeah. He's not good, made a bad movie. I, and I, it's almost good because I had this other terrible album I just didn't want to have slip away. So <laughs> get, get ready for next week. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because there's a new Limp Biscuit album yeah, coming out. Absolutely. So fucking. <laughs> That'll be a nice companion piece. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So uh, listen back next week. So we'll talk about those movies and uh, that album. <laughs> yeah. But for now, we're going to get into. Uh, Stringfellow Hawk's Nest. Nest. Yeah. Talk okay. about some Airwolf. Greg's been let's, watching Airwolf. I have. I watched a whole shit ton of Airwolf. Yeah. So let's uh, let me try and get you through this as as uh, quickly as possible, efficiently. Okay. So it's season two. Yeah. Of Airwolf and things have changed. Okay. Uh, now they have matching suits and stuff like that. Their flight suits are a little bit awesome. different. And uh, they've gone instead of having like a string arrangement uh, score, it's more keyboard electronic stuff now. Oh, which is kind of a bummer because I really like the music in the first season. And they've departed. It's no longer. He's given up his cello for yeah. a sweet And he doesn't play cello at all. It's bumming me out. There's a, there's a definite, like, this, the, the network has stepped in. Like, this this show costs a lot. We think these things, only, the espionage international thing, that's gone. Everything is happening in the States now. For example, the opening uh, episode of season two just all takes place in Texas. Yeah. And what's going on is there is this evil sheriff in this Texas town. Uh, and we don't have the little roundup anymore. Like, Airwolf is a super yeah. helicopter drink full of Hawk is 34 insect. Uh, <laughs> we don't have one of those anymore. Instead, it's doing like the 80s action thing where it shows you clips from the episode you're about to watch. Oh, I don't yeah. like that. And then right into the theme song. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. So, anyway, there's this crazy sheriff from this Texas town. And he's chasing down this guy in a motorcycle, but there's a helicopter chasing him, too. And then they square off, and the sheriff's like, if you don't get that fucking helicopter out of here, I'm going to shoot this fucking guy because he's broken out of my... Uh, my little jail or whatever, and the helicopter lady, she's like, I'm from the sheriff's department or something, and <laughs> I'm supposed to bring him to a hospital that man's injured. Yeah. And he's like, if you don't get out of here, I'll shoot him to death. And then she does. And so he, 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 then the sheriff makes an evil face. And uh, then Stringfellow, <laughs> Stringfellow Hawk gets a call. that a bud, It's his buddy who is on the motorcycle, and he gets a call from his buddy's friends like, yo, man, he got arrested. He needs help. Better go help him. And so Stringfellow Hawk goes out to this Texas town. He flies Great out there with Airwolf. in this show. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. And he's, he flies out with Airwolf, and he leaves Dom with Airwolf, and then he runs in and he pretends to be – he gets arrested just by going in the bar. It's really weird. He goes in the bar where the sheriff's hanging out and just has a beer at the bar. And the sheriff comes up, and he's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm just having a beer. He's like, you're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> just arrest him for nothing. And then he gets into prison. Like, 
like, what's your name? And he gives the name of the guy that's dead now, or that disappeared, the motorcycle fella. And they're like, that's that other guy's name. And he's like, blah, 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 I lost my wallet. He must have stolen it. He's lying. And uh, and then the lady shows up again, the helicopter lady who's like, I got to take that guy to the hospital. She shows up, and she meets Stringfellow Hawk in the prison and finds out that he hasn't got a phone call. And they find out that the guy is dead, and the sheriff killed him, and this town is all corrupt. And then Airwolf comes in because the, the the sheriff sends his men out to try and beat the lady up and take her captive. But Airwolf comes in and makes their truck fly over. And David Graff is one of the guys. Tackleberry. No way. Yeah, yeah, Tackleberry's in there from Police Academy. And he's like, it's a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then they capture the girl. And they're going to rape her in the cell. But Airwolf comes in and breaks her out. And then it's broad daylight. And David Graff is looking at the helicopter Airwolf and is still going, the UFO is back. <laughs> like, Easy, buddy. Well, you know it's a fancy helicopter. It's not that fancy. It's a fucking helicopter. And then Airwolf blows up the uh, the sheriff's off in the office, and they all die. And the Airwolf takes off, and the lady's like, string the hawk, huh? Or wink. Yeah. And uh, then the next episode is about this drunk guy that uh, D- Dominic knows, and he goes out, and he's looking at more UFO stuff. He gets drunk every night, looks in the sky, and sees UFOs, and he's getting in bar fights because of it. And then uh, Dom comes in because it's his old drinking buddy and he's got a war buddy and stuff like that. And then they find out there's this whole underground thing of this guy who used to be in the army, but now he's a mercenary and he's building an army to take down the United States. But Airwolf blows up their nuclear weapons and they all die there. And that's the end of that. It's a very boring episode. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was a pretty good episode where Airwolf goes crazy and they can't control it. And they're shooting things and they don't know what to do. And the guy who made Airwolf, who was in the pilot episode, who went crazy and tried to take Airwolf and sell it to the Arabs so they could attack the United States and left uh, Stringfellow Hawk's girlfriend to die out in the desert. He had programmed Airwolf that if he didn't punch in a certain password at a certain time, Airwolf would go crazy. And his face keeps coming up on the... Uh, on the screens inside, and he's like, I created Airwolf, and now you're all going to die. The wolf has come down from the north. And uh, so they don't know what to do with Airwolf, and they bring this girl in, and she's a supercomputer lady, and she's going to try and fix it, and they don't know what to do, and they think they've fixed it, but then, oh, shit, they haven't, and Airwolf is going to shoot down like a commercial airliner or something like that, and they're like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? And they're up really high, and Stringfellow Hawk's like, I got an idea. We'll open up the doors, and we're at this, you know, if we let, if we, uh, you know, release the pressure in the cabin at this uh height you know something so basically their their whole way to fix the <laughs> computer plan. virus of airwolf is just you know, air it Deep out a pressurize. bit yeah. <laughs> just open the doors yeah <laughs> and they and they plummet and they're they're covered in frost and they're just like sprayed them with like a fire extinguisher <laughs> or something like that the what the, the freezing yeah. face makeup that's on string fellow hawk is hilarious <laughs> basically it looks like william sadler in bill and ted's oh, bogus God. journey <laughs> but it totally works a little cold air and some open yeah, doors yeah. airwolves fixed now no reason to ever worry that this oh uh, that's how i had a virus on my computer once i just left it out in the snow yeah. for like a day and a half <laughs> yeah it's fine casey, totally fixes it. casey was having a router issues today you just yeah. throw that outside i yeah. just put some cold water on it yeah <laughs> no it's fine <laughs> And so, but the lady helicopter pilot from the first episode in Texas, she comes back because she figures out who Stringfellow Hawk is and hunts him down and knows that he flies Airwolf and wants in. So she's going to become part of their crew. Again, the network has stepped in and is like, we yeah. need another third person in the Airwolf party. We need a lady. And there's got to be a little sexual tension for Stringfellow mm-hmm, Hawk here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going like, man, I don't know about this. And it all feels weird. And where the fuck is Michael Archangel? Yeah. Where's that guy? And everything's different. And I, I was like, you know, there's no more cello. There's no more espionage. And then finally, Michael Archangel shows up with his lady assistant. And I'm like, everything is different. But guess what isn't different? 
the dog looks at her pussy again. I was <laughs> literally just gonna be like, <laughs> boom, keep that in there. You're network. missing the one element that makes me want to go back. <laughs> Is the dog and gonna look at somebody? Are really vagina? playing it up where she's like, um? <laughs> uh, oh man, Airwolf. So now there's a new and but you know they're trying to set up like oh is she or isn't she part of the Airwolf team but because it's just fucking 1984 network TV she's in the opening credits like yeah. showing yeah, all these yeah, scenes right. where I'm like oh well I guess it's her yeah yeah because they were clearly kind of setting up might be her might be the computer lady who came in to fix it when there was the ghost in the machine yeah but- oh 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 so when Stringfellow Hawk is in Texas and he goes and gets himself in the jail so he can figure out what happened to his buddy he leaves Dom with the helicopter. And while that is going on, and Stringfellow Hawk's in the jail, Dom gets attacked by lions. <laughs> Sweet. He's just, the helicopter gets surrounded by lions, and that's what he has to deal with for the episode. Like, who? Oh, no. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's the B-plot. <laughs> lions. <laughs> uh, okay, so there's like this Texas town, the cr- corrupt sheriff, and uh, then there's going to be this woman, and we're going to get her out of jail and everything. Yeah, so that's the A plot. What about the B plot? Lions. <laughs> a bunch like, of them. Just was, a bunch of lions. Yeah. Get all these lions in there. It's going to be really nice. We got that MGM lion around. We're going to take him. Yeah. <laughs> He's not dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> all, all we have him doing is roaring before movies. we got to get him in some, some shows. Yep. It's, Let's expand uh, his brand. Oh, pretty good. Awesome. Pretty, uh, pretty weird. One of these, I got to start watching some Airwolf. You should check yeah. out some Airwolf. The theme song is pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm a. Uh, I don't know. What am I? About working through the second four season. Four or five episodes into the second season. Okay. Yeah. It's, Sweet. It's, it's cruising along here. The Airwolf experience. Yeah. I tell you what. I don't even know. Do I? Let me just check my notes in case I forgot anything. Oh yeah. So while he's being attacked, just before he gets attacked by the lions, uh, Dom puts. He's putting the uh, like the the cover over, like a camouflage cover yeah. over the. Over the helicopter, a big okay. tarp. Hiding there. While he's doing that, he's talking to himself and he's like, Last, what strength would expect me to do out here? Just he tells me to just run and go and stop and sit. It's like I'm some kind of machine. And then Airwolf goes, Broom. He's like, I'm sorry, sweetie. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Is Airwolf alive now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has never happened before or yeah. since. That the machine has been like, <laughs> I hope I'm that, not a toy. I hope that becomes a thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that would be nice. Absolutely. But, but like once every five episodes, yeah. just one time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, apparently Arrow's alive. <laughs> oh, good. Little sweet. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's Stringfellow Hawk's Nest for this yeah. week. So All let's right. get into some breakfast mascots uh, fighting it up. I with am hungry. Cereal swap. Let's eat these guys. Yeah. So if you're a longtime listener, you know that we pitted all the action heroes ever against each other and came out with one winner. Well, yeah. we've been doing that uh, with cereal mascots, putting them in Thunderdome and discussing how they would fare against each other. Yes. We are in round two now. This is round two. First fight. Round two. Yes. So these are all the winners. Yes. We're going into round two. So okay. who are we fighting today? Today, very... This is... This is a little, I'm going to be sad, whatever happens. Oh, today. man. Yeah, we got Tony the Tiger. Yeah. From Frosted Flakes. He's great. He is oh, great. Yeah. He's <laughs> going up against uh, the Sugar Crisp Bear. Oh. Sugar Bear. Can't get enough of that Sugar Crisp. That song is so nice. Yeah. Yep. Damn it. Uh, this yeah, is going to be tough. It's a rough one. Where's All right. It, where's that dice? So we're going to roll and see which weapons they have. Yeah. Uh, each just, each uh, number on the die right. corresponds Tony the Tiger has to a weapon. and he Five. Which will give him the spear with a blade on the end. Tony the Tiger's got a spear. That's a tiger with a spear. <laughs> Look at anything more threatening than a well-built tiger with a spear <laughs> that has a blade on it. Well, he's, he's athletic. He could javelin that thing pretty yeah, hard. Yeah, 
Uh, all right. And Sugar, Sugar Bear has four. We got a oh, bowl and spoon. <laughs> a, bo- a bowl and spoon? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. God damn it. All right, so Tony the Tiger has a lethal weapon, and the sugar bear can eat his own cereal. (laughs) Yeah. If he brought some, he's going to be hungry. Yeah. So. They're in Thunderdome. They are in Thunderdome. They're uh, They're attached attached to to the rubber bandy things. They're kind of jumping around on rubber bands. What's going to. Okay. These are both. This is like a couple of nice guys going at it. Yeah. This is a gentleman's death match. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, at the beginning of the match, they kind of do a sort of. Like there, I don't think either of them charges each other. A I respectful think, bow. I think they do a uh-huh. respectful. They go okay, like in right, three, two, two, like one, ding, right. and then yeah. now we a bowl of cereal. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Yeah. Wait, now does he have to? Be, Sugar Bear has the um, the bowl and yeah. spoon, right? Yeah. Uh, so conceivably, the way I'm seeing this, because he's got to sort of weaponize them, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of has the bowl as a shield. Okay. He's sort of using that to kind of shield himself, and he's got the spoon. What is he going to do with the spoon? Maybe uh, dig his eyes out, I yeah. guess. Sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. But, so, like, so he's got... So he's, so he's taking... I like the shield idea. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think a- after the bow and the fake bell rings, they're fighting. I think he, you're right. He gets the shield, and I think he's blocking. So they're, they're, they're going at it. Yeah. And I, and I think uh, he's blocking the spear thus far with the ceramic bowl. Uh, right. I, I'll but he doesn't this. have the reach with the spoon. Like, he's, he's not no. doing anything with the you spoon. You can do some stuff with the spoon, I though. think he has, like, the spoon in his pocket. Like, I can grab this if I need it. Yeah, right. Right now, now I'm... Okay. He's How on the big defensive is the spoon? Right is this like in, in, in his hand? It's like a, it's like it a like regular a spoon, spoon for us. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I think he's kind of like using his like shoulder or like his like like uh, yeah. like arms to kind of block and parry with the with the uh, cereal bowl kind of deflecting. Right. So yeah. I, and I think they're they're working up to like they they've been fighting for a few minutes now. Now he's a he's bear. Six, yeah. He's he still is a bear. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, let's take that into account here. Mm, definitely. And uh, like, Bear versus like at Christmas this year, my uh, my father in law <laughs> told me about a uh, t- television show he watched where they put a bear against a tiger. Okay, and the bear won. Yeah, interesting. That's horrible. That's science. It wasn't real. It was with computers. Oh, <laughs> okay. They, they didn't. They don't have. They don't have animal death matches. Well, that's what <laughs> I fucking science. heard. Yeah. <laughs> we need to know what would happen, so we'll just do it. We'll just put them in a ring together, and then whatever. We'll sell tickets. <laughs> We'll make a little money off it. Yeah, it's hard to get those rubber bands on a real bear, though. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. But I don't think this. I don't think Sugar Sugar Bear doesn't have claws. Doesn't know. I don't think so. Why not? Well, because that's in the, the commercials, Tony the he Tiger. Well, he hasn't had to kill one of the kids yet in the commercial. <laughs> so you think it's retractable? I well, yeah. No, he he kills them after the commercial. <laughs> that's, <so. laughs> that's the extended gun. Yeah. 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 Um, Can't get enough of that murder. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get enough of that human blood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm on the fence. I feel like he's got like rounded cartoonish hands. Here. He's got a bull and there's a tiger with a spear attacking him. <laughs> yeah, but but then but then by that instance, Tony the Tiger's never killed anybody on screen either. This is true. So yeah, who knows how benign okay, they actually so are? So let's say they've been fighting as they've been fighting with the uh, with the weapons, but they're reaching a point where they are realizing their animalistic instincts are going to have to take over, and right. both of them are going to turn. Yeah. Sort of yep. animalistic. He's gonna yeah. realize, okay, I'm gonna get my claws out. I'm a bear. I'm gonna fuck uh, this yeah. guy up. Yeah. And and Tony the Tiger's also like, I have a stick here, That's but I'm also great. I'm also a fucking tiger. Yeah. <laughs> so going purely on that, apparently the bear wins. But like, what what do you think happens when they realize he, this he, is futile the way yeah. we're fighting right now? 
Uh, well, he's not a gigantic bear. No, Tony no, the Tiger's no, he's much a taller. Small, he's a small he's bear a small compared bear. to uh, to Tony the Tiger. And so also, he, I don't think that Tony the Tiger, because he is um, great, uh, <laughs> because he's so great, <laughs> um, because he's anthropomorphic. I think he has, you know, the thought process of like. He's this guy's got a spoon and a fucking bowl. Yeah. I've got a long pointy stick, They're, and that gives me a lot better reach. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get rid of the spear. No. Yeah, but they're I don't think so either. But they're both anthropomorphic. I think. Right. Like Sugar Bear's got like a backwards hat on or whatever. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. pretty fucking chill. Yeah. He wears a shirt and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I'm just. But I'm just saying that that he's got the thought process of like I've got reach yeah. on this guy. I I'm going to keep like, my spear. I feel like by nature of their characters, Sugar Bear is a little bit too chill. And I think uh, Tony the Tiger is a bit more of a go-getter. Yeah. So I feel like he, you're right. I feel like he's going to say, all right, I have this stick and we've been fighting and parrying and shucking and jiving and we're, we've been we've been fighting, but uh, I, I realize that I have this stick and, and he is a little bit less sharp in terms of reaction time, maybe, because I think right. he's a little bit he's more chill. super chilled out. Yeah. Hi. He's high. He's high. Let's just say it. On the pot. He's on yeah. the pot. <laughs> Might be getting um, cranky, hasn't had weed in a while. All this physical activity, this too. This is true. Bumming him the fuck yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. That's like, yeah, yeah. And and I think the, the athleticism here, I just think yeah. generally. I don't see any way that the bear comes out of this, yeah, honestly. Yeah, me either. Oh, no, no. He's definitely going to go. <laughs> so and been, I think he takes, I, I don't think any bear or tiger business enters into it. I think Sugar Bear just gets <laughs> only tired. On, only on official tiger business. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Not like. <laughs> Completely off the record. Off the record tiger business. Uh, I think that Sugar Bear takes uh, the spear right through the head. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The good head stabbing. So they're fighting. Because I think that Tony the Tiger, I don't think he's malicious or anything. He just knows that he has to survive. Yeah. I think he's going to try to do it so as they're fight- as possible. So they're fighting, and I think they reach a point where they take a breather, sort of, and, and, and end up kind of like they're fighting, and they end up pushing each other away. And that's when Tony the Tiger realizes, I got this spear. I'm going to javelin the I'm, fuck out of it. I'm just, this and is think, how it's going to end. I think uh, Sugar Bear looks at his reflection in his spoon. Yeah. And his upside-down head and his bloodshot eyes, and he thinks about the drug-addled life he has led. Sure, yeah. he hangs out with cool kids and stuff like that, and needs sugar. <laughs> yeah, he's had his kicks, but... Jesus Christ. <laughs> The hangover setting in, and yep. he's been doing this since the 60s. And yeah. He's tired, man. He's tired. He's, tired. he's yeah. just tired. What is this life getting me? And yeah. as Tony swings his, his staff with the blade on the end, he just has the shield up, and then just, just drops He just down. lowers it. Just lowers his shield. It's and you nice. just see in his eyes, he just gives He just gives up. Yeah. yeah. Life gives look, way look to- into Tony's eyes, and Tony knows. Uh, he says to him telepathically, <laughs> do it. Make it quick. Do, do it. it. Tony says, "Great." <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, but like Tony Solomon is like down. Tony now knows that it's not yeah. just survival; like he, yeah. it's also a mercy killing, and, yeah. and he understands. And he just sort of like he gives him a little head nod. Yeah, he was like Sugar Bear, like like you fought valiantly. Yeah, uh, you you were a worthy adversary. Your time is now, and uh, uh, I am honored to. To bring about that time for you, because again, Sugar and then Bear's he stabs him through the eye with a javelin. Repeatedly, and then just eats his corpse. Yeah, 
And when yeah, he's he done, tiger eye, just yeah. eats the cork. Yeah. He fucking eats the when fucking. He's do- <laughs> when he's done eating his corpse, he licks his lips and goes, "He was great." <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I don't think he does. I think in tribute, he sings the Sugar Bear song. <laughs> Can't get enough of that Sugar Bear. I just ate his balls. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, what are we looking? Uh, what are we looking for next? Okay. Next fight. Next fight is. Let me see here. We've got um, Digum Frog. Going up against Count Chocula. All right. Mm-hmm. Dig him, frog. Dig him Count frog. Chocula, Count your Chocula. time yeah. is almost up. Golly. It's going to happen. Right. Sweet. Be interesting. Listen uh, through next week to hear that fight. Yeah. And uh, you can find us online if you go to facebook.com slash SYNWPC. You can find us on Twitter, uh, Twitter under Twitter. the Twitter. I think I made something up there. Twitter under the same name, SYNWPC, or just go to modernsuperior.com. Listen to the new Faculty of Horror. Listen to the Christmas episode of Lonely Nights with Bruce Douglas. And uh, read all of our uh, written content on there. And please go to iTunes, if you haven't yet, and leave us a little review. Come on, review us. It really helps us out. Yeah. Yeah. So do all those things and have a very merry new year. Yeah. yeah. If you're listening to this, uh, it's 2014 now. You're in the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You probably have a hangover. You made it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that has been. See you next Wednesday. We will see you next. See Wednesday. you next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. There's ghost a ghost in safe haven. Eight out of ten. Still. Eight out of ten. There's a ghost in safe haven. Eight out of ten. That podcast was one of the worst, overlong, too short podcasts I've ever listened to. Nine out of ten. <laughs>